Hello and welcome to Taking the Stress Out of Sleep. I'm James Wilson, your host, also known as the Sleep Geek, the founder of Kidmate. And today we're going to talk about are you or your partner the sleep dictator? Now, this is one of my most favourite subjects. And when I do my, my seminars, my webinars, it gets everyone talking. But it's quite important. We've touched it quite a lot in the episodes that we've done up to now. Feeling emotionally and physically secure is so at the heart of sleeping well. And if you're living with a sleep dictator, or if you are a sleep dictator, somebody in that house is not sleeping well. So who can be sleep dictators? Start there. It could be your partner. It could be a child. It could be a pet. But basically what a sleep dictator is, is someone who is saying, I want to go to bed at this time. I want to do this before bed. I want to wake up at this time and I could not give two hoots about you because I'm sleeping well and that is what is important. But for the person living with that that person or animal, that's not helpful. So let me give you some examples of of sleep dictatorship, what the people I work with have had to deal with. One of my favourites was um, a fella who would cut his toenails uh, while his partner was asleep. It was dark, so they would have to wear a head torch. You could hear him clipping away as his partner was trying to get to sleep. That's not going to help the person next to you get sleep better. Another gentleman, he would have a sandwich in bed before sleep. He had to be in bed, that's right, yeah. Had to be in bed because he'd always had a sandwich in bed before sleep because mummy used to make him one. Now, let's be clear here, let's be clear here. This is not a sleep issue. There's other issues going on in that world, in that bedroom, that I cannot deal with because I'm a sleep expert. But that is not helpful to his partner who's trying to get to sleep. Um, And I would imagine, as someone who doesn't like crumbs in the bed, I would go, oh, I could not even deal with that. I had a couple I was dealing with. One of the partners would would, uh, play a game before bed. I'm one of those TVs, like, come out of the bed. And she'd game in bed. Lights on, no no headphones. She'd she'd be gaming. Partners next to her trying to get to sleep. Lovely. So, uh, you know, her her wife was not impressed with 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 this setup. And it was causing massive problems for, for, for both their sleep. I've had pets. I've had pets that, that dictate. So I had a, and more and more I'm getting this. And I think if your pet is dictating your sleep, then you need to have a word with yourself. Um, so I have people who say, yeah, I'm, I'm in bed, but my, my cat is like pinning my legs down. So I can't move. And because I can't move, it's just keeping me awake. But I don't want to move because if I do move, it comes at the top of bed and punches me in the face. This is an abusive relationship, people. This pet is stopping you from sleeping. And if you don't agree, it punches you in the face. You need to address this. Other one that's quite common, one partner cannot deal with the pet being in the bed. The other partner is more than happy for the pet to be in the bed. And basically, the pet's in the bed. Now, it's not. I'm not a relationship expert, but I think if you're putting your pet above your partner, there's some other issues that you probably need to deal with and deal with them quick because that's not a compassionate relationship for me. So sleep dictatorship can have a massive impact on people's sleep. But today, dear listener... I'm going to free you from that sleep dictator you live with. Brothers and sisters, I will free you from the fascist regime you live under. I will help you have the conversations you need to have to get better sleep. If you are that sleep dictator, then you need to stop it because it's not helpful to anyone. So there are some some issues around sleep dictatorship, as we have talked about previously. We have a sleep type. So we've we've talked about sleep type um, in episode three. And one of the interesting parts of my work is that often in a relationship, you're you're attracted to the opposite sleep type to you. It makes sense you think about it. If you're having kids, 
if one of you is a bit more of an owl, a bit more of a late type, and one of you a bit more of a lark, a bit more of an early type, well, that, that's brilliant, because one does the late feed, one does the early feed, jobs are good. Un. So you thought it was your partner's beautiful blue eyes you were attracted to, or maybe their sparkling wit. I don't agree. You're an early type, and you looked at him and went, <sighs> late type, just what I need. That's what happened in your relationship, let me tell you. However, if you haven't got children, or, you, or, you, or you, you're not that stage in relationship yet, it can be quite annoying. I am a more of an early type, as we've discussed. Every woman I've had a relationship with has been more of a late type, and it's caused problems in the past. So, you know, in past relationships, I'd be going to bed at half nine. They said to me, why are you going to bed at half nine? Do you not love me? Well, I didn't. That's why they're next. But that wasn't the reason. It's because I needed to go to sleep. And they'd come to bed at 12, 1 o'clock, a couple of hours after me, with the torch on. Why have they got the torch on? They know where the bed is. So I'd wake up. And then I'd wake up, I'd get up at five and half five in the morning. They'd be fast asleep. I'd be waking them up. Fight, 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 fight. That is the, the relationship. That's what my past relationships were like around sleep. So when I got with my wife, we had a compassionate conversation. We talked about how we create a routine that works for us both in terms of our sleep type. So when we talked about sleep type in episode three, we talked about windows of opportunity. My wife's a bit later, I'm a bit earlier. But because our windows overlap, so I am more half nine till 11, She's more half 10 till 12. Between half 10 and 11, we can go to bed together and we can cuddle and, and we can we can feel more secure because, in all honesty, as a needy sleeper, I like to fall asleep next to my wife. I love her. She makes me feel more emotionally secure. So we try and go to bed at the same time. Sometimes I'll go to bed earlier. Sometimes I'll go to bed later. Sometimes she'll go to bed later. But we understand that we have different sleep needs and we, that we can't force each other to go to bed at the same time. So have a compassionate conversation. Talk about how do we create a routine that works for both people? How do we create an environment that works for both people? So, for example, we have an issue in this country. Many of us in couples, we're sleeping in a double bed. A double bed is 137 centimetres wide. Half of that is 68.5 centimetres. A baby in a cot bed has 70 centimetres. So if you share a double bed with your partner, you have less space than a baby has in a cot. What does this mean? This means they are there. Right in your face, flailing the arms about, hitting you. <laughs> Death breath, waking you up. So you could buy a bigger bed. That's a, you know, it's a compromise. If one of you's a more restless sleeper, if one of you is making a lot, is, is making noise, you could try a bigger bed. You might feel that separate beds is more suitable for you. Have that compassionate conversation. You may feel separate rooms helps. Now, separate rooms is quite an interesting issue. One, we call it sleep divorce. I do not like that term. It is not a sleep divorce. If it works for both people, then it can be incredibly helpful to your relationship because your partner is far more attractive and sexy when you have had a good night's sleep. And if that means you have to sleep in separate beds to do that, that's great. It also means you can visit. Hello, I'm here for a visit. Brilliant. You know, you, 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 you're keeping your relationship going. In fact, research shows if you sleep in separate beds, your sex life improves by 10%. Not saying that's quantity or quality, but the research says 10%. And if you're not up for it, you can always lock the door. So everyone is a winner. Now, sometimes you might have couples that one wants sleep separately, one, one, one doesn't. Or you might be sleeping separately because of things like shift work, or you might be staying away from home, or like me, you might go to bed early sometimes. And you might need your partner there. So if you want, need to go to bed early and your partner's not there, well, you, you go to bed early, they're laid next to you, they're not falling asleep, they're more of an owl. But you need them there to feel more secure. Now, as I've said, this sounds a little bit like me, and it could be said, it has been said in my house, I'm a bit of a sleep dictator at times. I would disagree 
but that has been suggested. But what I do to overcome this, rather than forcing my wife to come to bed with me, what I do is I'll spray a bit of her perfume on the pillow next to me. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe spray it in a T-shirt and I put it on that pillow and I give that pillow a cuddle because that emotional connection, that, that feeling of, of cuddling is is really helpful to me feeling secure. So I do this if Kel doesn't come to bed with me and I'll also do it if I'm staying away from home. Now, I want to be clear here. This is just about emotion. Yes, I might cuddle the pillow. Yes, I might create a pretend person out of other pillows so it feels like someone's sleeping next to me. But I'm doing nothing rude to these pillows. This is just about making me feel more secure and being open and vulnerable to you right now and making you feel more secure in, in what you might be doing. That's a little bit strange around sleep. But that's a way that we've, we've created through compassionate conversations that makes us both able to sleep in a way that is right for us. And that is what we should be doing. So compassionate conversations are really important to free ourselves from the fascist regimes that we are living under. If it is your pet, you are going to have to teach them to sleep in a different space if one of the people in the room is being disturbed by an animal. Because the more people that are in a room, the harder it is to sleep. And pets, they dream bark, they purr in their sleep. Pets, they run in their sleep. Pets, they trump in their sleep. All these things make it harder to sleep. If it's your children who, who, who are dictating your sleep scheduling, you know, they might be saying that you've got to sleep with them, they might be, and you don't want to, then you need to address that. Whoever the sleep dictator is in your life, have a compassionate conversation, find a solution. Because if we don't address the sleep dictatorship in our relationships, we end up splitting up with the person that we are in the relationship with, or we might end up, we, we're having to put up sleeping in bed with our children when we don't want to, or having a pet that punches in the face if we don't sleep as they want us to. These things need to be addressed. So, are you a sleep dictator from what I have said? Is your partner a sleep dictator? If the answer is yes, for one of you, have a compassionate conversation. Because remember, when we take the stress out of sleep, we start to sleep better. I'm your host, James Wilson. You can follow me on social media at The Sleep Geek and find out more about my work, thesleepgeek.co.uk. I really hope this has helped. Sleep well. <laughs>